Thanks for tuning in to Hungry Gen Audio Podcast. It would mean the world to us if you could help us spread the gospel message of Jesus by subscribing to, sharing, and leaving a review on this podcast. We are believing to see thousands saved locally and millions globally. Thanks and enjoy this week's message. I want to speak today about three most asked questions about demons. We do deliverance in our church regularly for many years already. But I do know that we have constantly new people coming to our church. And I want also those of you who are coming every week to know a little bit of the background and the foundational teaching concerning the topic of deliverance. I am in, under no circumstances. I'm going to dive into everything. I just want to touch three most common questions we get asked all the time. And some of the answers and why we do what we do or believe what we believe. The first question is who are demons now you may say well i know they're bad that's true who are demons there are four main views on where demons came from four main views the first view is that demons are spirits of evil men and women this is more held by people who are not christians where they believe that demons are simply spirits of bad people so if you're a bad person you die your spirit continues to live and it's called a demon the problem with this view is the Bible says in Hebrews 9 27 that it is appointed for man to die once and after that there is judgment. Nowhere in the scripture does it say that when you die as a bad person your spirit roams around the earth. You gone and if you were bad you go into this place called Hades where you're being tormented until the judgment and after judgment you face hell of fire and so your spirit doesn't roam around. Number two, view of where the demons came from is they are disembodied spirits of pre-Adamic race. What does that mean? That means that before Adam and Eve were created, there is a theory, it's called the gap theory. The gap theory takes the Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 and Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 and says in between those two verses, there was a gap where God had other creation and something bad happened with them which we don't know what happened they say and because of that the earth was dark void and disaster since God doesn't make disaster God only makes beautiful things and it explains why the earth was void and dark and all of the craziness was happening and the people who lived before Adam they died and their spirits are roaming around the earth the problem with that view is this there is no verse in the Bible that confirms it it's really just a lot of speculation in my view. The third view which is held by most of believers and this is the view is that demons are the fallen angels that fell with Satan at his rebellion. The verse for that there's only one verse really that confirms that it's kind of taken out of context but I'm going to read it for you. Revelation chapter 12 verse 6, 5, verse 4, 5 and 6 he his tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to, to earth and the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon and it, as it was born this view was really populated by english poet john milton in his epic paradise lost it teaches this before adam and Eve were made satan had a beef with god and then he withdrew with him one-third of angels who joined him in rebellion and against God and they fell to earth. 
It's based on this verse but in this verse we see that his tail drew one-third of the stars. It doesn't say demons and this context of this verse is happens at the birth of Jesus. It says when Jesus was born that there was a war not before creation of Adam. So there are flaws with this view as well even though this is the view that is held by most of the Christian Christians is the Satan had a beef with, with God and then one-third of angels join him and these angels are called demons today. So I'm going to poke at all of the four views and make, them, make you unsure of all four of them. The fourth view and it's becoming really popular now in Christianity, it's gaining steam and that is that demons are the disembodied spirits of Nephilim who are roaming around the earth. Nephilims were destroyed at the flood and but their spirits are roaming around the earth and the reason why their spirits are roaming around the earth is because Nephilims were hybrids of divine, the angels and the humans. I'm going to give you their verses for why they believe in that and then you can make your own decision on where, where demons came from. Genesis chapter 6 verse 1, 2 and 3. It says there were giants on the earth. The word giants in original means Nephilims. There were giants on the earth in those days who were afterward. I want you to see this. On the earth in those days and also afterward. So they were not just giants, were not just there before the flood, but even afterward. And we see those giants in promised land. We see David fighting those giants and then completely removing them. There were giants on the earth in those days and also afterward when the sons of God came into the daughters of men. Now there's two views on the word sons of God. The first view is sons of God were just descendants of Seth even though there is no support for that in the scripture. The word sons of God here is the same word in Job where it says sons of God came before God to meet him and Satan came. So in the original context and most of the Bible scholars will agree the word sons of God here is not talking about descendants of Seth. It's talking about spirit beings who crossed the boundaries that God has given to his divine beings in heaven and they crossed it to this side of the earth and started to have sexual intercourse with women. When the sons of God came into the daughters of men they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men who were of old men of renown. And so this view that demons are disembodied spirits of the Nephilims finds really its, I would say, scripture support, not scripture support, but support in other writings than the scripture and it's the book of Enoch. The book of Enoch is not in the Bible. Book of Enoch is not considered as divinely inspired but book of Enoch was quoted by Jude and it was quoted by Peter and during the Dead Sea Scrolls book of Enoch was actually one of the books that was there. Book of Enoch is considered by a lot of Jewish people as one of the good books even though it's ne never made it into a canon. Now I'm going to read to you what Enoch says about demons. Again, this is not in the Bible and again, this is not divinely inspired. This is just an extra source where some biblical authors used in proving a point like Jude and Peter. Book of Enoch 1, 15, 8 through 12. Now the giants who were produced from the spirits and flesh shall be called evil spirits upon the earth and on the earth shall be their dwelling. 
Evil spirits have proceeded from their bodies. Because they are born from men and from the holy watchers is their beginning and primal origin. They shall be evil spirits on earth and evil spirits shall be they called. As for the spirits of heavens in heaven shall be their dwelling. But as for the spirits of the earth which were born upon the earth on the earth shall be their dwelling. The spirits of the giants inflict, oppress, destroy, attack, do battle, work destruction on the earth and cause trouble. They take no food but nevertheless hunger and thirst and cause offenses. These spirits shall rise up against the children of men and against of the women because they have proceeded from them. From the days of the slaughter and destruction and death of the giants, from the souls of those flesh the spirits shall gone forth shall destroy without incurring judgments so many scholars and some people who do study this original language book of enoch and all of this stuff do conclude based on few observations that demons were not fallen angels just an idea few reasons demons don't fly just, uh, angels do it says the demon goes out of a man and he walked through the dry places. Angels don't need to walk, they can fly. The second thing is that angels have celestial bodies and they can shape shift. Meaning they can appear in whatever shape they want to. They don't need a body. Demons constantly look for a body. Which is one of the reasons we cast them out demons are hungry for a body which makes sense if they ever lived in one before they need it to operate and another one is that demons and angels the difference is angels usually inhabit the heavenlies the second heaven and demons inhabit the earth now we don't know for sure where they came from what we do know for sure is where they're going. Come on, come on, come on. And I have a scripture for that. And Jesus said that in Matthew 25 verse 41. Then he will say to those on his left hand, Depart from me you cursed into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Now in here it doesn't refer to demons, it refers to his angels, whether they're angels, demons, fallen spirits or whatever, whoever they are. We know where all of them are headed and that is into the lake of fire. So this is not a salvation issue and Jesus did not talk about too much about where they came from and all of this stuff. What he did is he cast them out and he told his followers to do the same. Amen. And so I just want to encourage each and every one of you that honestly it makes very difference where demons came from. What difference makes is that where they are gonna go and that we are commanded, we are instructed and we are empowered to drive them out as Christians in Jesus name. Come on somebody, can we give God some praise? We are demon slayers, amen. We are giant slayers. We are people who have the authority and we can conquer through the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. But it still does uh, stimulate my thinking <laughs> to know um, and the more we did deliverance. Honestly, personally, the more I'm leaning that they're not just angels, but they're hybrid because of the intense desire to occupy a human body. Intense craving 
for immorality and especially one thing you'll know about demons is they have a very strong desire for impurity sexual immorality which is one of the things that they were conceived in born in was in this sexual perversion that was taking place and it makes sense why they're so they have this insensible appetite for immorality that's why a lot of times when a person has a demon what happens is they have this strong craving for sexual immorality most of the people who rape most of the people who watch pornography are demonized it's not them that want it not even their flesh it's some other entity living inside that has an appetite and through them it satisfies that appetite because see demons cannot satisfy their appetite on their own they need through somebody satisfy their appetite they don't eat french fries and burgers they eat forbidden defiled dead horrible things but they can't get their food unless somebody gives it to them and they need a human body they need the human eyes they need the human mouth they need the they need the windows they need the doors and so that's why they seek to occupy a human body but if they can't get a human body they'll settle for an animal body because they need they seek a body they're illegal on the earth without a body so whatever they came from matters to us very little what matters to us is where they're gonna go and what we're called to do with them and that is to drive them out amen question number two this is a lot more controversial and you might have different views on this even coming to hungry gen but this is one of the bedrocks i believe of deliverance can a christian have a demon christians can get christians can have whatever they want to have okay anything is possible to those who believe <laughs> okay people who walk around sometimes saying things like Christians can't have demons I was like Christians can have whatever they want to have but the problem happens is with demon possession Christians cannot be demon possessed but Christians can be in possession of a demon the word possession has two meanings being possessed by and being in possession of so Christians cannot be possessed by a demon hundred percent because that would indicate ownership and as Christians we were purchased by his blood and according to first Peter it says we are his own we are owned by him so we're possessed by Jesus if I could use that word meaning we are owned he holds the title deed to our soul the Holy Spirit is the guarantee of our redemption so we are possessed by the Lord but we can be in possession of a demon in possession of fear in possession of depression so those who walk around and say Christians cannot have a demon if your argument is that well because you know just they can't have a demon that is honestly a really sweet thought by the way <laughs> I would love to believe in that I would also add to that that Christians cannot have depression I would also add to that Christians cannot have fear Christians cannot have nightmares and let's add to that also Christians cannot have sickness Christians cannot have bad days since we love that sweet theology let's make it fully sweet mm -hmm. now I would like that to be true and one day that will be true 
the reality is unfortunately it's not always like that maybe it's like that for you today that's good but there are people who don't have it like that yet and that's why we have a church we have a ministry of deliverance to get us to that point because if you hold that view that Christians cannot have demons what about those who do have demons you're faced with two things one you're not a real Christian or two I can't help you well that's helpful okay so Christians cannot have demons I get it but Christians are supposed to cast out demons out of whom do they cast them out from if somebody comes up to me and say Christians cannot have demons that I said okay I get it it does not say that in the Bible you're bringing your understanding to the scriptures that you are using as a proof I get it that's your opinion but there's very clear Bible says Christians should cast out demons let me ask you a question have you ever done that no then you have no business talking about casting out of demons the same way I can have ideas how to do heart surgery I can give you my ideas because of what I watched on YouTube, because of the pictures I saw, because of the, like, you know, just, I mean, I, I have an idea. I'm not a dumb person. I have an idea. But if I've never done a heart surgery and went to school and I come to you and I tell you how it's done and you would ask me, hey, have you ever done it? I would say, well, of course not, but I know how it's done. You would say, you know what? That's really cool, bro, but just keep your opinion to yourself. <laughs> so that would be my thing. Now, I know I just poked at this view, but let me give you some scriptural things of why I believe scripturally Christians can have a demon. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 27 says the following, nor give place to the devil. The original language for word place indicates spot, room, license, any portion or space marked off an inhabited place. Right now is summer. It's not a good time to keep the windows and the doors of your house open. Why? Because when you do, you can't control what flies in. Right? If a Christian cannot have a demon, your house cannot have a fly. Your house can get anything your house can get if you open the windows or you open the doors. Once you open the door of your house, you cannot determine. You cannot control what flies in you can't live by this theory because I live in Kenwick flies cannot come into my house so I'm gonna open all the doors I'm gonna open all the windows there is no way that flies can enter into my house why because I'm a legal citizen of United States you know flies don't check your citizenship paper you know flies don't check if you're an owner of that house or if you're a renter of the house they just see an open door they fly in they don't care if you're Democrat or Republican they just fly in right secondly you know you can't put a control and simply say open the windows and then not only flies mosquitoes will fly in those are the dangerous ones the Bible says devil is the Lord of the flies so let me ask you a question your body and your soul is the house according to the scripture Jesus says when the demon leaves the man and then the demon says I will return to my house demons don't see you as a body they see you as a place they see you as a house so Paul with this understanding says don't give place 
He's not talking about giving a title deed. He's not talking about turning an ownership to the devil. He's saying keep the windows of your eyes closed. Keep the windows of your ears closed. Keep your mouth door closed. Keep your other areas closed. Why? Because the Lord of the flies has flies flying around. And it doesn't matter if you're a Christian. If the windows are open, the mosquito will fly in. He will torment you at night. You might not see him during the day, but at night you wake up and like, man, something just bit me. Oh man, there is scratches. And the more you scratch it, the more it itches. Why? Because there was a fly in the house. Why? Because somebody opened the window. Somebody watched things they should have not watched. Somebody did what they should have not done. And then the house got open to a fly. Do not give place, do not give room, do not give space to a fly. If we could give space, why did Paul waste ink warning us about it? Christians can get whatever Christians want. Second verse, Acts chapter 5 verse 3, ESV. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? The word filled there is the same word as it says in Ephesians, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So if I take water and fill the water, fill the cup with water, the water is no longer in the faucet. It now occupies the space within, not on, not around, not below, in the cup. Paul, Peter is saying to Ananias, he says, why has Satan filled, not just tempted, not just attacked you on the outside, he actually entered in and left a residue, a thought to lie. Ananias was a believer, church member. Ananias actually was extremely generous. Ananias did not bring a tithe. Ananias brought half of his income and Satan had access to not just tempt him on the outside, to come in. Somehow, someway, Ananias opened the window. We see the similar thing happening with Judas. Now I understand people argue that Judas was not really converted. But let's look at it from the outside. Judas was part of the 12. Judas cast out demons. Judas preached the gospel. Judas lived on the outside. Way better life. That even three and a half years later, on the Last Supper, when Jesus said to Judas, what you're about to do, go do it faster. None of the disciples thought of betrayal. They thought of doing charity. The Bible says disciples thought Judas went to give some money to the poor. None of them suspected Judas had a problem. So before we put Judas under the rug and said Judas doesn't count because that was before the cross and Judas was like a devil. Jesus referred to him as a devil. You know what? Be careful. Because there's a lot more Judases around us that need help than we realize because you and I don't even qualify to be Judas we're not that close to the Lord and we have not done what Judas did in these three years and Jesus did not entrust you with the treasury in the church yet so before we throw Judas completely out Judas needed deliverance never admitted once that he had a problem Peter for example says you are the son of God to Jesus and then he opens the door to pride happens instantly and Satan enters Peter. How I know that? Because Jesus turns around and he did not speak to the Peter's shadow. He didn't speak to something behind the Peter. He, the Bible says, he turned and said to Peter, Satan. How could he address Peter as Satan? Because that's where he was in him. 
not on the top of him below him beside him on his skin in him he entered why because pride is one of the most open doors to demons it's way easier to get a demon than you realize <laughs> because most of us when we think of demonization we really think of this is Africa this is India this is like the witches the warlocks and everything I'm gonna tell you one thing devil doesn't sweat those people because a lot of those people who do witchcraft are already his they devil's main target is you because he doesn't have you let me give you a few more verses the Bible says the first exorcism that happened Jesus did in the synagogue the man in the synagogue was a devout worshiper of one God sat there with his demons and Jesus came and he was delivered in the synagogue Jesus delivered a woman who had a spirit of infirmity and he says this daughter of Abraham the daughter of Abraham language speaks of people in the covenant with one God now we may argue they didn't have a new heart they didn't have the Holy Spirit living in them and I'll get to that in just a moment but it does indicate that people in a covenant with God can come succumb to demonization when Jesus went to cast uh, Jesus went to the Gentile territory a woman had a demon possessed daughter and the woman says could you come and deliver my daughter Jesus made a very interesting reference he said she's asking for deliverance he says I can't give bread to the dogs that belongs to the children and he's referring to deliverance and therefore we always say that deliverance is children's bread Simon the magician was baptized believed was surprised at the power of God he still had a bondage that Peter pointed out through the gift of word of knowledge in Acts chapter 8 verse 13 Corinthians received another spirit in 2nd Corinthians 11 3 when they believed a different gospel the Bible says they received another spirit you can receive something else on the top of that the same way if you open the door you can get a fly you can get a stuff if you start believing different things what I'm just saying is this is that once you pray that one prayer at the altar you have to live your life surrender to the Lord there are spiritual forces they're not gone and we can't live our, our life bury our head into the sand pretending this world is all we can see even Hollywood knows that's not true this world is more spirit more spiritual than we realize and we have to live a life devoted to the Lord and if we are struggling we have to seek the Lord so he can bring freedom into our life and we shouldn't be ashamed of it or walk around feeling like we don't have the Holy Spirit Galatian church was bewitched in Galatians 3 1 last days Christians will depart from faith giving heed to demons now I, I found three main arguments when people argue that Christians cannot have demons and I want to address them now typically it's done by people who don't do deliverance they believe in deliverance they just don't do deliverance and so of course they can embrace whatever theories they want because these theories don't don't necessarily work because they don't help people in the area of deliverance I have not met one person in my life who has done one deliverance who claims Christians cannot have demons now I've lived only for 34 years so maybe I will live longer and see more and that could change but for at this point I've never seen anybody the first argument Christians cannot have demons because light and darkness cannot exist together such a beautiful thought and then they say things like it says in the Bible now I know what they mean but it doesn't say that in the Bible 
what it says in the Bible and I'm going to read to you 2nd Corinthians 6 14 and I want you to look at these verses very carefully because some of you you will have somebody come up to you with these verses 2nd Corinthians chapter 6 verse 14 do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers let's pause for a moment it's not talking about Christians cannot coexist with non-Christians it's talking about not be unequally yoked so it's not talking about coexistence it's talking about covenant can somebody say amen so this is not saying Christians do not be in the same neighborhood with non-Christians. It's saying Christians do not be yoked, meaning do not be in the covenant with unbelievers. And then Paul is trying to prove a point by using the light and the darkness as a proof to encourage Christians not to be unequally yoked with non-Christians. Now, may I ask you a question? Do you know any Christian who is currently unyoked with an unbeliever? Don't raise your hand if it's you. But... <laughs> There's a lot of Christians that do that. In fact, this is not saying that it's impossible. It's just saying that it should not happen. So Bible is very clear that Christians should not have demons, but Christians can have them because Christians can have whatever Christians want to have. And then look what Paul is arguing. He says, can light, what fellowship, somebody say fellowship. What fellowship righteousness has with lawlessness? Have you noticed he does not say, have you noticed guys that, that righteousness and lawlessness cannot coexist? He's talking about fellowship. Righteousness and lawlessness can coexist. They always coexist on the earth, but they don't have fellowship, meaning they're not on the same page, but they can be in the same place. And then he says, what communion has light with darkness? He's not saying light and darkness cannot be in the same place. He's saying they cannot be on the same page because light and darkness are contrary to each other. And therefore Christians and non-Christians, the Bible doesn't say don't coexist. It says do not go into cohabitation. Do not go into a covenant. So my friend, the Bible never says light and darkness cannot coexist. It says light and darkness cannot have a covenant therefore light and darkness can coexist and darkness cannot cast out the light but the light can cast out darkness darkness cannot cast out the light but the light can drive out darkness amen the second argument that I hear this and this is a lot is that well the Bible says my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit not just my spirit therefore the Holy Spirit lives in my body and the devils cannot live there that's an amazing thought the argument is this is that because Holy Spirit is holy everything else that's not holy and from God cannot live there if that is true then sickness cannot live in my body either because that is not from God God didn't create sickness so the presence of the Holy Spirit should have immediately removed every sickness weakness and everything else but why did Paul warn Corinthians and he said do not defile the temple of God by sexual immorality if the Holy Spirit lives in it I still have a choice to take the members of my body and do whatever I want with them I can take my hands and smoke I can take my hand and grab a knife I can still use my mouth to gossip and backbite even though the Holy Ghost it lives there so I don't lose my right to do what I want with my body because the Holy Spirit lives there we don't lose freedom when we get saved. We don't become robots when we get saved. That's why Paul warns Christians and he said, don't sleep around with prostitutes. Why? Because your temple belongs to the Holy Spirit. He doesn't say, you can't sleep with prostitutes. Why? Because you're just now part of the Holy Spirit. And it's just that you just can't. Even if you try to, you just can't. 
you can't smoke you can't drink you can't do anything in fact you are programmed right now because God doesn't trust you with your will and so Christians don't even worry about sin why you are a property of the Holy Ghost you're like a zombie that's what that view implies why did Jesus cleanse the temple if the temple is inhabited by God and it cannot be contaminated why were the Jews destroying the temple why was Solomon's temple destroyed by Babylonians because the temple of God can't be defiled it can't be desecrated and it can't be contaminated that's why we have the responsibility to guard the temple of God to offer our bodies as an instrument of righteousness to yield our bodies to God not to put junk into our bodies not to put sin into our bodies but to live a holy and a sanctified life to live our life as vessels of honor I told you the preacher's gonna come out come on somebody the, the third argument I'm, I'm almost done the third argument and that is this well Vlad God and Satan cannot occupy the same place also really really awesome idea but think about it God is omnipresent God is on earth so is Satan well Satan even went to God the Bible says when he talked about the issue of Job well God is so holy and flesh is so bad excuse me demons are so bad they cannot coexist did you know that your flesh is not worse than the most foul disgusting demon on the earth your flesh is as nasty your flesh is as terrible as any demon on the planet yet Holy Spirit coexists just fine he's not on good terms with the flesh because the scripture says that flesh fights against the spirit but it never says they can't live in the same place now where all of that fallacy comes from is understanding that Holy Spirit lives in my soul he doesn't he lives in my spirit in my soul is where I can have depression it's where I can have brokenness it's where I can have anxiety it's where I can still have certain attacks abuses in my body is where I still have sickness so my spirit is perfect my spirit is is complete the Holy Spirit lives in my spirit my spirit is sealed like an envelope and I'm waiting till the coming of Christ and the Holy Spirit through his word through deliverance through through inner healing through forgiveness he's working through my soul he's getting my soul saved if I can use that he bring wholeness to my soul and then one day at the glorification of saints he will also bring total salvation for my body and I will have a brand new body so salvation is a process where my spirit is soul is saved I am connected to God my soul is being saved and my body will be saved and so that's why we can do deliverance on the soul that's why the Christians can still renew their mind that's why a Christian can be saved and still go back and struggle with smoke that's why when you become a Christian your hair color doesn't change your address doesn't change honestly a lot of things on the outside doesn't change what changes is your spirit becomes alive your soul doesn't change at your salvation your soul is the same and a lot of times when you leave you still have the same soul problems that's why we need the Word of God we need deliverance we need small groups we need believers we need to be taught we need to be trained we need to be prayed for we need community we need to forgive why because our soul still needs work amen all right so these are just a few simple things that I wanted to share with you how do demons enter they usually enter through the windows and through the doors their main five gates into your body 
your eyes, your ears, your mouth, your blood and your genitals. Mm -hmm. A lot of people get demons through intercourse. Bible even says you become one spirit with a prostitute if you sleep on your eyes, your ears, your mouth and your blood and the other one. But really demons enter through, I, I say this, I words, three of them. Inherited, intrude and then involved. Inherited is when you inherit the demon through the bloodline or you inherited a demon in the mother's womb when you were not wanted or you inherited a demon because you grew, you were born as a boy parents wanted a girl and comes there comes gender confusion a lot of the gender confusion today is where that came from the demon entered in the womb the moment they found out the gender of the baby they were extremely dissatisfied and spirit of rejection entered the window was open the fly got in the second way the demons enter is through intrusion intrusion is when you were abused it's not your fault you grew up in a broken home you couldn't handle the pressure as a teenager of the devastation in the home and through that weakness something just entered in it's when the demons intrude they still have a legal right but it's not fair they intrude and the third one and is the most common one is involved it's when we involve ourselves in witchcraft we involve ourselves in sexual immorality we commit abortion or we um, do uh, all kinds of things that are just not from the Lord we willfully sin and it opens the door to demonic power so there's inherited intrusion and then involvement there's many ways the demons can enter there's only one way they can get out and that is Jesus that is his blood there is no medical advice device there is no pill that you can take that can get a demon out there's no therapist there's no preacher that can get a demon out there's no new ager what witch doctors do what native doctors do what the medicine specials who specialize in spiritualism what they do is this they do remove demons that's what it looks like but they actually replace them with bigger ones so they remove the demon of nightmare but they give you the demon of arthritis so you got this demon out you pay them a fee and you feel so good and then usually two three weeks later another one resurfaced that's actually worse than the one that you got rid of they can't remove demons they can only replace them only Jesus can remove demons and he's given us that assignment amen and I'm gonna finish it with 10 ways you know you got a demon a video that went viral last week called how to spot a demon on my youtube almost 200,000 case i i just have to share with you as your pastor before i finish the uh, the message i'm going to go through this very quickly and the notes will be on the message the first one is you are involved with the occult currently or false religion the second one is you're experiencing extreme restlessness in spiritual environments you're alert the moment it comes to church you can't stay awake the moment it comes to the Bible you're yawning all the time sleeping all the time it's one of the signs guess who is affected in the next service I'm going to preach a sermon about bring your demon to church and how to torment those that torture you so that's the next service but that today I'm just laying a foundation demons are tortured through the Word of God I, I feel bad for all the demons 
that Christians have. Can you imagine how much scripture reading they have to put up with? <laughs> I used to feel bad for the Christians. Now I actually feel bad for the demons because and that's why they, they try to shut down your faculties so you because so they don't get tormented by all of that. I've seen so many times during deliverance demons screams out. The prayer tortures me. The fasting is like fire against me. It's literally they're ready to go. Why? Because they're being hurt and that's why they fight back by shutting down as many of your faculties as they can so that they can minimize the level of their exposure to the spiritual environment. The third sign that you might have a demon is your hostility toward deliverance ministry. Have you noticed that demons had no problem with Pharisees until Jesus the deliverer showed up? <laughs> hostility toward deliverance is one of the signs. That entity is somewhere over there. <laughs> Number four, intrusive thoughts and hearing voices in your head. That's the difference between flesh and a demon. Flesh doesn't speak, demons do. The another difference between flesh and a demon is after you have crucified the flesh, if the problem persisted, you have a demon. Because you know, if you remove your eyes, you can't see. But the Bible says if you remove the eyes, you know, you're gonna have no more problem. If you remove the eyes, meaning the trigger point, and you still can see, something else is seeing. It's no longer your flesh, it's an entity. Number five, surges of violent anger, self-harm, suicide, or compulsive disorder. Compulsive behavior, compulsive, uh, excuse me, compulsive behavior, not compulsive disorder. Compulsive behavior. It's when you have very violent surges. Now we all have mood swings, we all have bad days, but compulsive surges of violent anger, trying to harm your life or destroy your life. If you notice when demons entered pigs, pigs committed suicide instantly. It wasn't not their natural instinct to kill themselves. Something pushed them. Number five, constant attacks in your sleep with nightmares, sexual dreams. They call them incubus and succubus spirits where a demon takes the form of a, of a man and has sex with you in the sleep. It affects in you affects you afterwards where you can't get married or you don't have feelings for your spouse or it gets as far as we prayed for people who have children in the sleep like a different spiritual family there and it's all actually demonic and so bible talks about in isaiah the lilith is that one of those demons that the torments at night that comes at night and so that could be a sign that a person needs freedom. Number seven is heaviness, depression, and chronic fear. It talks about Isaiah 61 verse 3, 2 Timothy 1, 7, spirit of heaviness, spirit of fear. Number eight, intense desire and drive for defiled things. When you have an intense, I'm not talking about that you're tempted, but you're talking about intense craving that you almost feel like something else is in you desiring that. You stand sometimes behind it's like why is there drive and it comes and it just goes and it's just very very intense and a lot of times you lose control in the area of decision making in those moments. Number eight is chronic diseases. Jesus cast out a spirit of infirmity and number ten is paranormal activity in your house or experiences you have in your house. Meaning you see things, things are flying, things are moving on their own. So um, uh, where paranormal stuff is happening. A guy was bound with chains, nobody could hold him, that was not normal. He lived on graveyards, that also was not normal. He was um, kind of making all these noises and the uh, Bible says one kid had a phone coming out of his mouth and sometimes it's very visible especially when you begin to pray for people and their eyes change right away because your eyes are the windows of your soul and that demon shows up to the window right away. 
and so because you know and we, we see that I remember first time right here it happened our first anointing water conference a couple from Canada originally from India that we were praying for and you know TB Joshua upstairs kind of gave us instruction on how to pray and by the blood of Jesus by the fire of Jesus and he gave us the water so like we, we felt very confident and so we're praying and you know like just kind of doing what we were told and and you know this lady just just you know more of God more of God and it's like in the there's no effect that could make that change I mean I saw an entity I saw something else her, her eyes changed everything dark black sharp straight into I mean I mean every hair in my body stood up and I was like anointing water down I mean I was like I mean I was like I, I saw that thing and so um and when the demon left she got up her eyes changed completely everything and and so um and so this, this stuff is real we don't cast out demons for a show this is not a show um this is a spiritual work and people need help Jesus told us to do it um this is not pretty not gonna lie to you okay this is not necessarily uh, people say oh you, you do you do this to to become famous are you kidding me really no that stuff draws a lot of controversy and and a lot of things but at the same time when when you meet people who are suffering and hurting and the Lord clearly states this is what he called us to do and you're aware there's a spiritual realm and you yourself experienced it I've experienced what it's like to be tormented by a demon myself I see the difference after and before and I've seen other people that I know closely honestly then after that I care very little about what people who don't have these things think because our job is to help people Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this week's message. If you like what you've heard, you can find more of this great content on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, and even Pinterest. In other words, we would love to connect with you for the latest and greatest info on all conferences and internships. Remember, better is not good enough, the best is yet to come.